Hey there, this is Matt, and welcome back to Food Under Fire, where we ask hospitality folk two questions amid the COVID-19 crisis. How can we help you? How can you help us? Well, it has been a whirlwind this week in the state of Minnesota. At first, it was thought that on June 1st, restaurants could reopen with limited capacity and social distancing measures. However, on Wednesday, May 20th, Governor Tim Walz announced that restaurants can reopen, but only with limited outdoor seating. In addition to that, of course, social distancing must be maintained and no more than 50 diners are allowed in a given space and reservations are now necessary. Also, masks are required of all workers and strongly recommended for diners. This is phase two in a four-phase initiative and it's unknown when we will pass on to phase three, which will likely allow for inside dining. The announcement left the hospitality community with mixed feelings. Some went as far as to call it a disastrous setback. But let's consider this. What if limited indoor dining was allowed on June 1st? Then what? How receptive would people even be to the experience of eating out normally? Also, I, I say the word normally with great reservation because who knows what uh, what that means anymore. But... There's this opinion piece in the New York Times called, I was supposed to eat at a restaurant and I bailed. And I read it and I thought it was a really interesting quandary that represents what a lot of us foodies and restaurant fans are thinking of right now and feeling. And will probably be thinking of and feeling in the coming future. This Montana-based opinion writer, Charlie Warzel, talks about how anxiety pushed him to cancel a recent dinner reservation. What he shared is what many of us will be thinking about when we first decide to eat out again. Should I be doing this to support the local economy, or is it irresponsible? When should I wear my mask? In between bites? Should I get tested before I go? Should, should I be isolated for a week or two even before making the reservation? An experience that was once a relaxing treat has become a torrential downpour of anxiety-inducing questions. Eating out won't be the same for a long time. It's imperative that we adjust to a new normal when it comes to public life, and all we can do right now is move forward, knowing that this will not last forever. Warzel actually ended his piece on a great quote. Science fiction writer Philip Jose Farmer once called purgatory hell with hope. And that's exactly where we're at right now. Hell with hope. And we just need to realize that not even the greatest state of suffering stands a chance in the face of pure, unwavering hope. Glad you could join me today for episode 7 of Food Under Fire. Today we have John Whipley who runs Animales Barbecue. If you're from Minnesota or the Twin Cities, I hope you're familiar It's the food truck responsible for elevating barbecue in the state. Located outside of the Able Seed House and Brewery in northeast Minneapolis, John and his team churn out some of the best brisket, ribs, hot links, and pork belly in town. But the COVID-19 crisis has pushed John into a new business model that operates entirely online. We spoke about the intense struggles that he endured in the beginning, the phenomenal response and resiliency of the local community, and our shared love of beans. Before we get started, though, be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts if you haven't already. And if you really enjoy the content, consider sharing with a friend or leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Okay, 
Here's John. Enjoy. Just tell me how you've been lately. Uh, yeah. So, man, it, it, it's been uh, it's been pretty crazy. So the first few weeks we uh, we had planned to open, we didn't open um, in the rest in, at Animales, and then um, you know just for general safety things, we didn't want to get our employees sick. I didn't want to get sick. I think a lot of reasons we just decided to stay closed, but it was pretty stressing on our finances. Uh, so we decided to open up. It was just a it was almost like opening a new restaurant. So all of our systems had to change. All the way we collected payments had to change. We had a new staff, and it was basically just like opening a new restaurant. So it's been pretty stressful. Um, I think we have a, a system down now with a lot of help from the community. But man, it, it was it was just crazy for a while. But uh, once once we learned, you know, how to do online ordering and uh, kind of like what our customers expected, how to get a new flow out. It's going a lot better. Um, that's kind of a summary of COVID, owning a restaurant during yeah. COVID. I think yeah. what's really great is everyone has been adapting really well. Tell, tell me kind of about those early days in that transition period. I mean, were you what were you going through mentally? Because I'm, I'm sure you were trying to spitball a bunch of ideas in your head on how to change things and, and where to go next. I mean, were you all over the place? Did you have a relatively cohesive plan early on? What was that like? I'm not really big in co- to co- cohesive plans. <laughs> so, uh, no, I didn't have a tight plan. But the, the plan I did have was to just put out there what we kind of know and what we've kind of done and then see the customer's reactions and then just respond as quickly as possible to that. And th- and that's what, you know, that's what we ended up doing. And, uh, you know, the first week our plan was to just see how online ordering would work and see how the, the systems changed to for our employees and for me. And the biggest headache during all that time was just figuring out online stuff because we're chefs, cooks. Uh, we're not a big restaurant. I don't have a budget to put in like a tech tech uh a computer person i don't even know what to call it so i'm sitting there on the computer calling people trying to figure out how to set up a system and by the third week we finally got one that worked for us but yeah we when we originally opened two long time ago two years ago now it was the same process we just threw out there something that we thought might kind of stick and then every week we just tweaked it 10 15 percent until we had something that worked for us and for our customers and now we're at a point where we think we might open back up June 1st or June 4th, whenever it is, to 50% capacity at the brewery. So now we have to figure out a new system where we can uh, sell food to people who want to pre-order it, because I think there's a demand for that now, people who won't want to go to the brewery. Um, and then we had to figure out a way to support the clients at the brewery, too. So now we're going to start transitioning into another model, which is like 60% pre-sale and 40% sale at the brewery. We'll just keep changing as, as the world keeps changing around us. Right. A lot of model transitions. So many different businesses have been through so many different models, you know, yeah. in the case of two months. And yeah. I think the cool thing about that is that it takes an industry that's already super resilient and then you put them through the ringer for two months of one of the worst possible things that could happen. And... It's inevitable that some are going to fall to the wayside, but the ones that come out, although it's a cliche, they're going to come out a lot stronger. And it's my hope that places like yours and and other spots come out of this with new solutions and just how to operate in general, because I'm sure you've learned a lot of different things about not only yourself, but about your business and how well you can adapt. 
Yeah. You know, when we first, I was, it was really hard when we first got into it, but now that we're into it, it's this thing where I'm just like, if we were never put into this situation, we would have never learned this new way of operating. And all of a sudden for the future, it opens up a whole new thought process. And it's, it is, it's hard to watch some restaurants go down. Some that I've been frequent, frequenting for 10 years now uh, have gone away. So it's hard, it, it's hard to watch that part. But on the other side of the coin, it's like uh, there's going to be new systems, new ways of doing business. And it, it was also really good to watch people kind of band together as a restaurant community and see everyone's like idea sharing. There's not this com- like competition where one guy is not giving his secrets, at least in my world. We're all telling each other how to operate better. Um, and all of those restaurants that seem to be doing that are, are doing doing okay. Yeah, the camaraderie has been really cool to witness. Like you said, no one seems to be out to get each other. No one seems to be out to outdo each other. It's no. all about it's all about collaboration and coming together right now, as it should it, be. It's the we, it's the we, not me, right now. And it's kind of like that always in Minneapolis in the restaurants, but uh, it's even stronger right now. It's cool. It's pretty mm-hmm. cool. Tell me more about that June first date. So as some may know, June 1st was the given date for restaurants to kind of reconsider their options and how they want to move forward with renewed models and, and whatnot. You kind of hinted at what you were going to do. What's, what's the plan? So, you know, one of the biggest things, I think one of the scariest things through this whole ordeal is that we actually don't know what's going to happen next. So right now we have a date of June 1st where in my case, the brewery should be able to open to a certain capacity, and most restaurants should be able to open to a certain capacity. But the way it's set up, that has the power to change at any moment. So we're making some plans to open June 1st, but then on the back burner, it could all just disappear in, in a second. So I think just the unknowing, just having no clue what's coming down the line in two weeks, in three weeks, in a month – I think that's the scariest thing. But in our in our case, we're just making plans for both things to happen and then hoping, you know, just keeping our fingers crossed that we continue to do business in either way, in either one of those models. Uh, hopefully it opens back up. I know breweries right now in Minnesota, they have like that seven month window, right? Six month window where it's busy and then the cold comes and people shelter up. So I, I know I know breweries are hurting pretty hurting pretty bad for taproom sales. And we, you know, we rely on people being in tap rooms to do business. So fingers crossed that it opens back up, but we're, we have both plans in place for the future. Understanding how you're kind of going to take things in the future. Talk about your business model right now for those listening who may not know. Tell us about what you're doing and what we can do to immediately support what you're doing. Yeah. So we switched the way we used to run is we had a fairly expansive menu. You know, it wasn't a huge menu, but it wasn't as tight as as it is right now. What we moved to is doing family meals is the bulk of our business. So meals for two or meals for four. And then we do like whole briskets on Thursdays now, and then a bunch of other just kind of family meal packages. So that's been our business model and and it was going well, but I also feel like we need to have more a la carte options. So we're kind of transitioning to that because I don't want to have someone who just wants to spend $8, have to spend $30 to get a family meal. So we're trying to make more a la carte options, which which we actually successfully did for this week. 
And then our business model even further moving along will be having a blended pre-order and then super simple a la carte menu where you don't have to pre-order. You can just walk up to the trailer and still get that whatever it is we have to offer, maybe like grits and a half rack of ribs. Um, so we're that's kind of the business model we're in and that's kind of where we're transitioning. And if you want to help us now, I, you know, the best way is just to order family meals and it's Memorial day weekend. I don't know if that's going to get out before this, yeah. but uh, a great weekend to order barbecue. So you don't have to sit around the smoke pit with this whole theme of uncertainty. How have you been dealing with that? How do you plan for things in a time when you don't know what's coming next? That, that's the scariest thing for everyone right now. We don't know what to plan for, so we can't really plan. Um, I'd say I'm lucky. We have a great team, and we sit down at the beginning of every week, and we walk through the week, and then we talk about basically how we don't know what next week is going to look like. I would say two weeks ago for us, uh, there was a protein shortage happening because a lot of processing farms were going down, and we were talking to our suppliers, and we couldn't get our usual supplies, so we were searching around everywhere just for product and we actually had a plan in place to 100% flip to a burger restaurant. We sat down as a team and we said, hey, we don't know if we're going to be able to get any of our product in two weeks. We just don't know. So we sat down, we made a plan, we made plans to buy new equipment, we made plans with producers and we just made backup plans and we were aiming to be a pastrami and burger joint for two weeks until we could get our supply chain going. So I'm lucky that my team knows that every week is super uncertain um, what's going to happen. And all my guys are like, in my opinion, the best of the best at what they do. And, they, and they're all adaptable and they all can see like why things aren't how they were. And everyone's just understanding and ready, ready to adapt and change. And it kind of goes back to everyone in our industry right now just kind of understands that the future is uncertain. So you have to be 100% flexible to just change on a dime next week. Right. Now that, now that I understand how your business is doing, how are you doing? How have you been managing personally? How have you been staying sane? Yeah, I'll tell you the first, the first week's opening, like I said, it was like opening a new restaurant. Uh, those were, those are pretty rough. The whole team, it was rough on the whole team, not just me. But now that we're in more of a rhythm and we have kind of that puzzle piece down, things are going a lot better. And my, so my wife is a nurse, and so she's working uh, in some pretty stressful situations, and I've been working in some pretty stressful situations. But, it, you know, it seems like now everyone has a little bit better grasp on what's actually going to happen with COVID, and so things, things are getting better. It's better week to week, and I feel like that might be the case with a lot of people just in general right now. It's getting better every week. Good. And then what about the home life? Have you been doing anything interesting in your kitchen at all? Or have you? No. So, you know, for the first couple of weeks of quarantine where we were just cooking every day. So we spent a lot of time. These are weird ones, but a lot of time cooking beans, learning about how to cook beans better. Uh, we made a lot of like hot sauce things. Just it, it was actually kind of nice because my wife and I spent a lot of time eating out. And then we did that. Uh, with takeout at first, and then we just kind of focused on making dinners together. And it, there was like this one-month period uh, where we both had enough time. I wasn't back to work yet, and we were just cooking dinner together every night. And it was so nice. I think I lost like 10 pounds because I wasn't eating out as much. And no, but that was pretty fun. 
but beans were beans were a big thing in our house for uh, that month and uh because we got we we actually just got married in puerto rico and we ate the beans down there at some restaurants and wow. they're just they're so much better so we came back and it was one of our goals to uh become better bean cooks and i think we i think we made that happen that's been a goal of mine as well i've been cooking tons of beans recently <laughs> Just, you know, just from dried, experimenting with flavoring the broth and experimenting with different cooking times and wanting to add salt. So, I mean, it's a good time to do it. It lasts a while and it's cheap. You get a huge yield. It's it's the perfect pandemic food. And there's when they're good, they're so good. Oh, yeah. They're the best. They're like the best food when they're good. Yeah. I'm going to hold on. I'm going to walk over here, grab a book. I just want to show it to you. Yeah, go ahead. This is uh, this one. It's called Puerto Rican Cookery. And this is my wedding. One of my wedding gifts from Alex Roberts. He's the Alma Brasa guy. Yeah. But if you're into beans, you should get this book. Duly noted. Puerto Rican Cookery. Yeah. Because I've been wanting to get better at it. I've been cooking beans weekly at this point, and I've been experimenting with different kinds and figuring out what I like and what I don't like. I've just really, honestly, <laughs> just been going. I think I've mentioned it on this show so many times at this point. Is there anything else that you've been doing that you think people would really benefit from? I mean, the other thing we, we, we've been doing a lot more is just making stocks at home. And it's so easy and it's so good. And sometimes when you're in the hustle and bustle of everyday life, you think just getting that box of chicken stock is good enough. And, you know, making a stock, you just turn on water, put bones in there and let it go overnight. And we started doing that again. And it's a game changer because like in the mornings, if you want a cup, just drink a cup of broth, you can do that. Or or if you want to use it for your beans or anything, having that like nicely made stock on hand is pretty it's pretty great. Yeah, that's another thing that I've also heard someone suggest on the show. So beans and stock, that's pretty much all you need, especially during this time. Although I'm noticing that as time goes, because in the beginning when I started this, it felt a little bit more, not to be too dramatic, but it felt a little bit more apocalyptic (laughs) where your conversations were more so buy everything in bulk and make huge things and go to the grocery store like once every two or three weeks. Now, even though not to say that things are good, they're still bad, but they're getting better. And I I think we're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, even though it's an extremely dim light, we're starting to see it a little bit more. So with that being said, looking down the tunnel, I mean, what are your thoughts and plans for the future here? Yeah. I mean, for us, for me at Animales, we had so many, I guess, taking it way back, we had, or I had so many plans on expanding and doing more, working harder and working more with what we have around us. We had a bunch of different menu items planned and day-to-day special kind of things. So we we had a big plan for expansion this year and COVID hit and it just took all those plans right out the window. So that was pretty you know, at that time, that was pretty depressing. Not depressing, just like you're just kind of bummed out that you don't get to do the things you had planned on doing um, and we're really excited to do. Uh, So, you know, looking to the future, now that we kind of have a new rhythm, we're back into the stage of exploring what we can do. So like this week, for example, we got our first whole hog in from pork and plants. And so now we're looking at how can we become like a whole hog barbecue place, not necessarily just cooking whole hogs all the time, but like instead of getting 
you know, right now we get a bunch of racks of ribs or, or a bunch of pork shoulders or a bunch of brisket, whatever that is. How do we explore using whole animals in the future instead of just selling a bunch of ribs and how does that fit into our systems and things like that. So, you know, that's just one example, but getting back on track to where I was five months ago is what I'm excited about. And we're just going to start implementing one or two things every single week that get us back to where I thought I was going to be. And that's, you know, that's exciting for me. And that's exciting for my team because they get to do new stuff instead of what we're doing right now. It's just repetition. And it's like a factory almost. But as things get back to semi-normal, or at least it feels like they're getting there, just layering in all those things I had dreamed up six months ago. Pretty exciting to see those come, you know, come back right now. So Yeah. Well, the repetition is inevitable because you're kind of in survival mode like everyone else. Even though lots of new solutions are being discovered, the inventiveness of not only the restaurant industry, but industries all over and just people in general, seeing what people are doing differently, creative, creatively is showing everyone's inventiveness, but you can only go so far right now. And with what you have going on, what you're, what you can do is all you can do. But as you said, I think that the staggered approach to introducing new features to your business or introducing new products or just something small one at a time week by week is a really good way to kind of begin that journey to normalcy, not knowing how long that journey is going to be, but at least you can start. So that's good. Yeah, no, that's, I think that's our, that's our plan. Just every week it's one more thing. And then if it all uh, if it all goes back to where we're on lockdown, then we just take those items out and we're back to just making sure we can pay the bills. Knowing where you are in the industry, you interact with a lot of local vendors. Do you have any recommendations for local sites, local farmers, local vendors that we can support right now? Any names that come to the top of your head? My recommendation would be... I mean, well, I don't. I wouldn't say any local farmers or farms because when we buy product, like for example, we just bought a uh, 256 pound hog, and I don't think there's many people at home who are gonna (laughs) want to go out and buy a 256 pork and plant hog. But I would just say go down to the farmers market, and then a lot of places just by supporting a restaurant, like if you go to Brasa and get takeout, you're supporting through getting Brasa, you're supporting a lot of local farms or a lot of local places. Or just supporting takeout places to make sure that they can still pay their bills and their employees are getting paid and then um, head down to the farmer's market. It's going to be beautiful there in a couple of weeks, full, full of spring produce in Minnesota. And those farmers are probably seeing a hit too because they're not getting as much product into restaurants. So if they can get more people down at the farmer's market. That would be, a, I mean, just a huge boost for them. But you have to do it safely, of course. Exactly. Like everything else. Thankfully, a lot of us are used to it by now. So it's, it, it kind of goes without say, if you're going to go yeah. down to the farmer's market, I imagine you're going to go down with masks, gloves, keep your distance. It's, yeah. it's funny how quickly we adapt. Oh. Going to the grocery store now is just inherent with me throwing on a mask and gloves beforehand. It's like, I don't even think about it anymore. It's so weird how that works. Yeah. It, and it's not, you know, there's a lot of, I think I've seen a lot of people kind of get an uproars about it, but it's really not, it's not that hard. Just wear a mask. Be respectful, and I think we'll I think we'll all be fine here pretty soon. Yeah, I hope. Yeah, well, hope is important. I'm, I'm confident that things will things will be okay as long as we're, we're just patient and kind of just keep on the grind and stay consistent with what we're doing. 
So I think that's a good place to cap things off. But before we go, can you give the specific details about how we can support Animalis? Where do people need to go? Can they order online? So we are 100% online. So if you go to our website, animalisbbq.com, there's a page to order and you pick either ordering from Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, and then each each tab has different menu items, and you just put them to your cart. And then there's a pickup window from 4 to 7 on Friday and Saturday, noon to 3 on Sunday, and you just come any time in that, in that window. You just roll up to the, the kind of the front desk area. You have like a wooden table out there. She'll take your name, and then the guys slice everything fresh out of the smoker, box it up, and hand it to you. So there's no there's no monetary transaction at the truck right now, and that's it. It's really really it's actually really slick. One of the issues we had before was people would wait an hour or two in line at the trailer, and we'd run out of food. And you feel pretty guilty as a person, as someone who's serving customers, if someone waited two hours and you run out of food when they get to the window. So it's a great time if you don't want to be the if you don't want to wait in the line to pre-order online and you're guaranteed to get whatever you order. Awesome. Well, it was really great having you with me today, John. I'm, I'm really glad to hear that you're doing well and that you're you're staying optimistic about everything yeah. and, are, and already thinking about staggered approaches to kind of get back to your former progress that was derailed. Well, well thanks, thanks for uh, letting me chat today. And uh, yeah, we appreciate all the support from the community and everyone else. Well, take care, John. It was good seeing you. All right. Take care. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for sticking around. Here are the details if you want to support John and Animales Barbecue. On their website, which I'll include in the description, you can order food for Friday through Sunday. Friday and Saturday, the pickup window is 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. And on Sunday, you can get your order from 12 p.m. to 3 p.m. They are also doing a whole brisket Thursday, which you can also get online and pick up anytime from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. Keep in mind that it's not just meat for sale. Cheesy grits, potato salad, Bloody Mary mix, and even merch are all available. If you're in the area, their address is 1121 Quincy Street Northeast, Minneapolis, Minnesota 55413. Remember to subscribe to the podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, and if you enjoy the content or find it to be of value in these trying times, consider sharing it with a friend or leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. That's it for today's episode. Thanks again for listening, and hey, keep that hope alive. I'll see you in restaurants soon enough. Take care.